Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. snap, left tackle, blocks the beat it, the pocket on the numbers, goes in the end zone, and that caught, touchdown! In the back corner, caught by Hodgins! What a grab! Levis out of the gun, drops back to pass, looks right, looks left, throws to the middle, intercepted! The Dolphins have it, and it's a touchdown! Zach Sealer picked it right off his waist at the five-yard line and rumbled into his right. It's 6-0 Dolphins. Arms extended, shotgun snap, drop back five, gets the block, throws to the pylon, caught across the way by Heath, and he is, he is in for the touchdown! Takes the snap, hands it off to Henry, running to his left, stiff arms his way to the goal line, he dives forward, he's in! Touchdown Titans! The Tennessee Titans have come all the way back and have tied the game at 27 with 149 to play here in the fourth quarter. The snap is good. The ball put down the right, but he kickers away, and it is good! The Giants have won! Tugavaloa looking to throw. He stumbles. He's wrapped up by Harold Landry. Taken down. The Titans' defense stops them. I don't know what people were thinking of the Monday Night Football crew last night because, honestly, two good games in one night on Monday Night Football, that never happens. They rarely ever get a half of a good game. Instead, they get a full good game. Two great games? Unbelievable. Happy Tuesday morning, everybody. It is the Morning Blitz. Ross Volkmer, Christian Peck, Dimmitt with you here for the next hour or so. Glad to be with you. As always, hit us up on our text line, number 785-899-2222. Number be part of the Morning Blitz here on this Tuesday, December the 12th. Uh, going to be another another interesting day of weather. Temperatures in the low 40s, currently starting out at 26 out here in the tri-state, in the wonderful high plains of uh, the tri-state region. But uh, anyway, we're off and rolling here on a Tuesday. Christian's back after missing Monday's show. Good morning, Christian. How was your extended weekend? Oh, it was so excellent. Spent a lot more time uh, maybe than I thought I would uh, sitting against cinder blocks and a bleacher over in Goodland. But such is life. And uh, honestly, it was pleasantly surprised with uh, some of the basketball that I saw. Why did you think you'd spend less time? You just sound like you (laughs) thought you'd spend more time. You you, you you were guaranteed six games to broadcast, three girls, three boys. Why are you thinking that you'd have less no, no, just uh, that that much time in the in the ox gym was interesting. It, it you were right. It gets loud when you you don't have to have that many people in there to get to get that thing. Oh rocking, man, I think uh, it's the sneaky fun. At the Max Jones Fieldhouse. Uh, however, because there's all these different teams rushing place to place, and uh, there were a couple times, once on Friday and once on Saturday, where. 
I was in one gym, and then between games had yeah, to the crossover unpack stinks. and repack and sprint. Yeah. And, yeah, the crossover stinks. It's hard. I mean, we've all done it. It used to be, I'll tell you where it used to be the worst. Uh, it's since been fixed because of the new uh, Colby Event Center, but it used to be where you know, you'd play the championship of the Colby Orange and Black. The championship bracket was at the uh, the community building, which I, you you wouldn't know. Uh, but if, if you're walking, okay, you know where it is. So it used to be there, and then the other games were played at the high school gym. Oh my god! So you would have to pack up, get in your vehicle, drive south, you know, mile and a half or so, unpack, get set up, and do a broadcast. So yeah, it used to be a lot. That used to be the worst. It used to be the worst. Um, I do know that. Uh, we used to Goodland used to go to the SIT, the Salina Invitation Tournament. That was done at a couple different gyms around Salinas. So you'd have to travel around that. Oof. You hoped you didn't have back to backs because you probably weren't going to make it no matter what. But uh, no, it's it's I get it. It's trust me. It's it's a challenge to. All right, we got to go to the next gym. See ya. <laughs> pack up and here we go. And you really don't want to pack everything up because you got to get it all out anyway. So you're kind of carrying it in bundles. I know exactly, exactly how you feel. Yeah, but, you can't you can't fully unpack everything. But the big thing uh, was I I was on a folding table set in the bleacher. So every every um, national anthem you can't fully stand up because of how they, the, ever, the it'll be, it'll be table all right. is pressed. So I'm like, that's right. You're leaning I, I back. I was leaning at a 45 degree angle against the the wall behind me. Don't worry. Uh, don't worry. Yeah, there so is you time. know what? That's okay because I remember one time. This was at the tur. Was this at the tournament? Yeah, I think it was. And we're out in the we're out in the auxiliary gym or the junior high gym there, the mini max as we as they like to call it, the mini max. So the mini max, they're there. And anyway, they, they <laughs> there's another broadcaster from somewhere else, and the national anthem's going on, and he's standing up and he's trying to go down a step. I don't know where he was planning on going during the national anthem. Anyway, he slipped and fell and crashed in the bleachers during the national anthem. <laughs> Did his did his setup stay intact? Yes, it was. Nothing with his setup. He just completely bit the dirt in the in the in the bleachers that is during the national during anthem, anthem. You know too. when it's quiet. Ooh. You know the yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's rough. Rough. Speaking of small gyms and fun places to play, so I heard this really cool story. So I got done uh, after Goodland boys had beaten Lakin, and I was visiting with Brett Hendricks, who does LakinSports.com. He covers Lakin Bronx. And I was visiting with Brett Hendricks, who does the media coverage for them. We're walking out the door, and, he, and I said, well, next time I see you, I'll come down to you, because that's where Goodland's going to play them in February down in Lake. And he goes, oh, yeah. He says, don't worry. I, I look forward to that. And he goes, oh, I, by the way, I wanted to let you know that when you come down, uh, the setup will be a little bit different than what you're used to. And I said, okay, why is that? And he goes, well, that we've decided, or they decided that that's the game that we're going to do old school night. And I'm like, what is old school night? I'm like, oh, it's real. He says, well, every year we have one game a year where we wear throwback uniforms and we play in the old gym. And I love that. And I said, I and that. I thought, that is a brilliant idea that every school should do. Absolutely brilliant. If Marty Lehman and Bill Bimmer are listening, write this down. Let's have it in the old original gym, uh, high school gym in Goodland, that little cracker box. Uh, let's have it there. We'll wear throwback uniforms. Be great. Great times ahead. Throwback day, throwback game. I love it. Absolutely love I it. I think that sounds like an excellent idea. Oh my gosh! I just I love the fact they're playing in the old gym. I think that is the coolest thing. I mean, throwback uniforms are one thing, 
It's great. But in the old, those old cracker box gyms where there is not more than a foot between the bleachers and the out-of-bounds line or the baseline, you know, where you practically stand inbounds to inbound the ball, those type of gyms, that's what I love to see. I want to see it happen. Be great. Great idea. Great idea. As do I. Plus, it gives me a little bit of history because I wasn't here for any of the Colby throwbacks. These are the only uniforms I know, so I get. Well, a little, I mean, I shoot, I've only seen. I've only seen. I think maybe one set of uniforms back in my time. So I trust me, I haven't seen that many either. But you know, especially if they're the short shorts, the short shorts and the tight tanks. Yeah, I love rocket. I love the shorts. <laughs> See, I was a cross country track runner in high school, so. I have one too many pairs of short shorts that it is maybe socially acceptable for, <laughs> for a male to own. But uh, so I'm, I'm big into like it helps with mobility. I love balling in a tank top because the gives you more shoulder movement. I think it's the way to go. I, I want to see some throwbacks now. You're getting me. You're getting me pumped for this non-existent event. Now, anyway, got on a complete tangent here. I, I this this does kind of help me t- transition to something I did want to talk about. You know, since you weren't on the show yesterday, I really wanted to get your thoughts on the first three games for both the Colby girls and boys of the basketball season. Of course, Colby girls lose in the championship game of the top side by 20 to Goodland. Uh, the Colby boys they end up finishing in fifth place, uh, winning the consolation bracket. So I was kind of curious. Your thoughts through those first uh, three games of each since we didn't get a chance to visit yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to start with the girls just because uh, the the boys had, I think, a more interesting weekend to me. If you told me the girls went 2-1 and one and you know lost to the defending state champs, I'd, I'd probably go, okay, pretty good weekend. If you told me that the, the boys went 2-1, and one, however, I'd be a little bit more surprised. Uh, <clears throat> however, obviously... Their loss was their first game, so both of their wins were in the loser's bracket, including one uh, to McCook, uh, who was missing Gabe Gans, who was their leading scorer at the time. He had injured his calf in that first matchup, wasn't in. So I don't know how much that takes away from one of the wins or putting asterisks on it, whatever. The the Eagles still looked good. So I'm going to start with the girls who met their billing they they stood up to exactly what you know i I hear all off season this is a great girls team very experienced blah 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 and all the blah 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 was true i mean they they're that good elizabeth barton is incredible so is logan nolan and i went in with a little bit of a question mark maybe on on the depth they have some girls uh, they had like three or four girls who were kind of contributors off the bench last year that didn't go out uh, for basketball for one reason or another this year. And those questions, I think, are were answered this weekend in terms of depth. Sadie Cheney off the bench, Calissa Bandy uh, were great. Coach Yancey Walker gave me a quote yesterday that was, I feel like we lead the world in unsung heroes. I think uh, lead the world, I'll, I'll leave that up for debate. But he absolutely has a bunch of girls. Obviously, Logan Nolan, Elizabeth Barton, take the spotlight as they should they're very good but they have a bunch of girls who just get hand on balls jump balls all this great stuff defensively that you don't necessarily see uh, in the stat sheet so to speak Uh, but they were great contributors for them two big wins Uh, they they started the tournament took down Lakin I have the final score uh, in front of me somewhere 
it was 70 or it was 55 to 28, which is, you know, you just pounded them basically. And then you turned around the next night, took down Burlington in the semis, looked really good doing it. You held them to two points in the third quarter, which I thought was great until you got that done to you against Goodland's defense in the finals. And that's honestly the the headline from this weekend was you played really well if you're the Lady Eagles, but you had this bad taste left in your mouth that seemingly uh, all I heard Coach talk about yesterday was like, hey, we had a good weekend, but... And you obviously you have to move on. And he was really positive with the girls and all this stuff. But you could tell it it left a little bit of a bad taste in his mouth. That defense from Goodland uh, was incredible. They have size and reach seemingly at every position, starting at least over Colby. They held the Eagles, the Lady Eagles, to five points in the second and third quarters combined. And granted, part of that was Colby didn't play particularly well, and Elizabeth uh, Barton was in foul trouble for a lot of this ball game. But not to take anything away from Goodland, uh, who played a great game, especially defensively. And then for the boys, played equally good, perhaps, and just looked so solid defensively. Uh, which was a little bit of a question mark to me. I, I talked about the question marks for the girls, one of them being depth coming into this weekend that got answered. I will say that is still a question mark for me. On the boys' side, we went, realistically, we went six deep. Taden Fiken was the seventh man off the bench. He didn't play a particularly long time, though he was solid in his minutes. Depth will be an issue, especially at the ball handling position. Realistically, these boys could have beaten that Lakin team in the first round and been in the winner's bracket this weekend. However, they uh, Jordan Jones picked up three fouls pretty early and then that fourth one pretty early in the second half. And so he really did not play. And it's a stark, stark difference when he's out there on the floor versus when he's on the bench. This offense is run a lot through him, which is good, to be honest with you, because I kind of went into this thing, okay, Kai Tubbs is, is your only really returning starter, contributor from last team other than Jones, and Jones to a lesser extent, certainly. And you kind of went, okay, Guy Tubbs is going to be have, have to be your workhorse. You're going to run this whole thing through him. It's going to be a lot of back-to-the-basket, back a lot of trying to get him fed down low. Here comes Jordan Jones in Game 2 against McCook and then Game 3 against the Ray Eagles in that eagle-on-eagle eagle battle. He had 22 points in both of those uh, matchups. Ross, I think Jordan Jones might be on his way to an all-conference season. I think he is that good. He is incredibly well-rounded offensively, has a very smooth game, great off the dribble, especially in the mid-range, nice outside shot. I'd love to see him finish through contact a little better, but hey, he's a sophomore, and some of that comes with uh, with age and experience, but he was really good. And what can't you say about Guy Tubbs defensively? He had three blocks in the first quarter of the Ray game. He locks down the paint defensively which is especially key because he does that mostly against kids two, three inches bigger than he is. Guy Tubbs is a freak of nature. Um, very yeah, highly, highly athletic uh, for his size, which once again, because of that, he can block a lot of kids and he can do a lot of things that a lot of kids don't. I'm sure we'll see some pretty big time dunks from Guy this season at some point in time. Um, he missed one. He missed one this week. Uh, it it happens all the time. Oh. I mean, 
Lincoln Cure had a couple of missed dunks in the top side, but then he also had a play where a layup was missed, and here he comes flying down the center of the lane and throws it down. So, you know, there's uh, it's uh, it's part of high school basketball for the most part at this level. Um, I, a guy Tubbs is a, is a freak of nature, and I, I knew Jordan Jones was going to be a big piece for Colby going forward because previous head coach Parker McKee had said he thought, watch out for Jones. He'll, he's going to be good. Um, and Parker McKee has been a phenomenal coach for many years there at Colby and stepped away to kind of be, spend more time with his young family and then help them a little bit more uh, to an extent. And so it was, it was good to good fish. And he, I remember him just saying, you know, at the end of the last, actually it was over the summer, we were at the fair. <laughs> we were visiting about whatever, and he brings up, yeah, don't look that Jordan Jones because he's going to be good. Um, and it, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear this. Now, I will say this. Will he be an all-conference player? Maybe. You'll find out really quick if the GWAC is a whole other step up in competition. Night in and night out, your Holcombs, your Hugatons, uh, whoever else you want to throw in there, Scott Cities, hard places to play, tough teams to play, tough programs to beat, and tough teams to look good at every single night. So if you do look good against these teams every single night, then yes, obviously. But it is a challenge from time to time. So... We'll see going forward. I just I want to get your thoughts on that at the top side, and uh, you're, you'll get a test tonight. The Colby Eagles host Holcomb. Uh, the Longhorns come to town, and I guess I don't. Know, we'll, we'll see. I know Holcomb has a boys team that probably I don't know. It, last year was maybe a little bit more of a down year for Holcomb than in previous years, which is saying which isn't saying much because they've always been, or I don't know. Is it, it's it's they're, they've always been a really good program. Chad Novak, the head coach there, does a phenomenal job with that program. They're always really good. Holcomb is a really good basketball team. But I thought last year was a little bit more of a down year for them. We'll see if they've rebounded some. I know Damon Mesa was kind of dinged up last year. He is should be ready to rock and roll this year. Uh, they have big bodies down low. I mean, Cooper Tishner and Drayton Knoll are, you know, offensive tackles that play down low. And... Uh, and you got to be real. You got to be ready to bang in the post with those guys. They got big, big guys down low, and they got some other athletic. They'll be good. They'll be really, really good this year. That'll be a very stiff test uh, for the Colby boys and and Colby girls and, and 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 Holcomb girls. Ought to be a good game. Last year they split the season series. You know, Holcomb won the first game I think by like five, and then the second game in the season that actually counts towards the GWAC record. Uh, Colby got that win by two. So it just depends and and. Holcomb, a lot, lot like Colby, has played a lot of young players over the years, and now these are becoming upperclassmen. Jared Kruleski being one of those who's a very good player, very good player in Jared Kruleski um, for Holcomb. So we'll see. I, I'll be intrigued to see how these games turn out tonight. Uh, once again, Colby is at home, and that's always an advantage to have your own home rims and home baskets to shoot at. And we'll see how that all pans out tonight for Holcomb and Colby. But you should have a couple good ones tonight. Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Both of these teams are doing it. Uh, the the Lady Longhorns and the Longhorns, the girls and the boys team, are both doing it with defense, particularly the boys. Opposing teams through four games, they're four and zero on the boys team. They're three and one on the girls team. Uh, the the boys four games have averaged uh, allowing thirty four points a game. That's just incredible, and they're they're shooting it particularly well from downtown, but they had a couple of games, one against Meade, where they didn't. They shot, I think it was 20% from three, and it, it just didn't matter. It still wasn't close because they just couldn't do anything Meade offensively against the Longhorns. So that'll be interesting to see because that was the downfall against Lakin. 
in game one, the Eagles' one loss on the season was even when Jordan Jones checked back in, they got a ton of stops defensively. They kept it close for a long, long time, but they just couldn't respond with any baskets, and there's only so much inspired defense you can play when you can't put it through the net on the other end. The Lady Eagles should have a tough test as well. You, you do see a similar-ish team across the court from you where you have a lot of players, like Ross said, that aren't necessarily super old, not crazy senior-laden uh, compared to some other teams, but you have a ton of players that have a lot of experience, just like the Eagles, who don't have a senior in their rotation for the Lady Eagles, but all of them have started for at least one year, multiple years for a lot of them. I think it's going to be a pair of good games, and uh, tune in 100.3. The ride tip-off at 6 for the girls' game, 6 Central, that is, and then tip-off for the boys, of course, to follow. There you go. Make sure you catch that tonight, 100.3 The Ride with CPD. He'll have the coverage with you. All right, uh, let's take a break. We come back. Shreyas Lott is going to join the show, covers the Kansas Jayhawks for the Kansas City Star. Look forward to visiting with Shreyas about uh, not only Kansas basketball and, and their, their season to this point in time, but also ask about uh, the demolition of the of the booth. David Booth Memorial Stadium saw yesterday was getting a crane taken to it, and so I was curious if We'll see if uh, he has any thoughts on some memories that he's had in a short time there at Kansas. So we'll visit with him next. And later on in the show, we'll we'll touch base and look back at what was that interesting night of, of Monday Night Football with guys like Tommy DeVito, uh, you know, at quarterback. Yes, the great Tommy DeVito and Will Levis leading the 14-point comeback over one of the best teams in the AFC. We'll get some more thoughts on that later on in the show. But up next, Trey Lotta, the Kansas City Star. You're listening to a Tuesday morning edition of the Morning Blitz.